doing. Are you guys ready? I think I got a little something for you today. Does anybody, uh, do we have any hunters? Any people like to hunt? Well, I just want to let you know that I shot my first turkey. Scared everybody in the frozen food section. It was awesome. Y'all, bear, y'all kind of bear with me today. Uh, my message today, the title is Locked Up 24 Hours with No Contact. Locked Up 24 Hours with No Contact. How did I come up with that title? This week, I uh, sent, a, sent a text out to some, some of you people, and I sent this scripture that said uh, in Matthew 24:30. I'm going to read it out of the NIV. And it says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's Jesus. And then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. Let me read that one more time again. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn the Son of a man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. Let me just share this other scripture with you. The unbeliever does not, this is 1 Corinthians 2.14, the unbeliever does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. My question was attached to that, to that email was, to the scripture was, why would the people of the earth mourn when they see Jesus? And I got quite a few great answers from you, and I just want to thank you for that responding. And from time to time, I'm going to be sending out certain scriptures and, and questions just to see what his response is. So the reason people are going to mourn when they see Jesus coming, it says, the scripture says all people, but... Mainly, who's going to be really mourning is going to be the unbeliever. I don't know why a person decides that they don't want to believe in God, but as we go down, we're going to, we're going to see why people choose not to believe in the Bible. And one of the reasons uh, the people decide not to believe in the Bible is because some people actually believe that it was written by men and men alone. No God influence, just... And I even heard it said that um, they believe that the Bible is no more than a book of fairy tales. So if the book is uh, no more than a, a bunch of fairy tales, then why would they mourn when they see Jesus coming back? The reason that they're they going to mourn because it's going to be then that they realize that they blew it. They were wrong. And they're going to mourn. They're going to be in anguish, sorrow. Fear is going to come upon them. The unimaginable is going to overtake them. The unthinkable, because for whatever reason, they decided not to believe God. Now, I can't blame some people are, you know, weren't raised in the church, but yet and still, somewhere along the way, everybody will have heard by the time Jesus can't come, comes back. Uh, and, and the reason you decided to, you wanted to ignore it. I, you know, I don't have all the logistics about it, but God does. 
because before you were born, he already knew what decision you were going to make. And see, we were, we were creatures uh, that are born with uh, um, free will. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not going to force you to, to trust him. He's not going to force you to, to believe in him. But there's some pros and cons to that. So if all are going to mourn when they see God, then that means that now, I, 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 if I could just use my imagination for a minute, if the righteous are going to do any mourning, they're going to mourn for, for the people maybe they think about real quick that's going to be left behind that they know that's not right. They're going to mourn for their loved ones is what I would come up as because the Bible says that when Jesus uh, comes back, he says that he's going to bring back with those who have already died with him. And with a loud shout and a trumpet blow, he says that the dead, people who are dead, are going to rise. All right? Everybody is not going to die when Jesus comes back, according to the Bible. The Bible says those who are still alive and that believe in him will be caught up to meet him in the air. And they'll go back with him in, to glory. Locked up 24 hours with no contact. I watched this show on uh, the National Geographic Channel, and what it does, it's, uh, it, it, it features different prisons throughout the country. What they do, they, they focus on some of the inmates, both women and men, and, and they follow them around, they interview them, they interview the staff, and some of these people in these prisons are, are pretty bad characters. They just don't care. They've got some got long sentences. They're just violent. They're fighting in there. There's gangs in there, uh, in the prison, and it just it's just a really bad scene. But there are, there are some people, both men and women, who are pretty bad characters, and they're hard to deal with. So the prison has a certain area of confinement where they'll put you when you're a bad bad character. They're going to put you in a, all by a place all by yourself, in a cell. What I see is that they, for, so for 24 hours a day, you locked up. 23 hours of that day, you are in your cell. No contact with the outside world. No contact with other inmates. No contact with anyone but yourself. For one hour a day. They will let them out into this little smart yard that's fenced in. It kind of reminds you of a, them being caged as a caged animal because they're walking around, doing their little exercise, can't get out, no contact. I come to find out that after a couple months or so of being in there with no contact, they begin to lose their mind because they have no contact with people. They begin to lose it and... And, and, and they begin to get scared. These hardened criminals that are so hard, these murderers, and these people that are, attack the staff, all of a sudden become kind of mild and they change their, their attitude because even they realize at that particular point and that time that they are, something is wrong here. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing contact. We need each other. That's why God put us together as families. We need one another. That's why, that's why God put together fellowship and we dine together. We need one another. It helps us. And you go to parties and you go places. You, you're in contact with people. You don't realize how much that, that makes your life work. But imagine being isolated 
where nobody is around, no contact with nobody. All you have is you yourself and your thoughts. You eventually lose it and you go crazy is what I'm seeing. And uh, as they interview these, these inmates, they begin to plead and write notes and, and, and tell them that, hey, I can't take this anymore. I need, to, I need to get back in with the general population. I need to get, I need to get out of here. I, I'm losing it. I, I'm scared. I'm, I'm fearful. I'm in anguish. So they begin to do whatever it's going to take. The prison will make a, a plan, and you have to follow this plan to the T. And if you do, then you will be considered maybe to get back in to get a roommate and to get back into the general population, and you're happy, happy to do that. Let's look at the flip side. Imagine that you are this person when Jesus comes back and you realize that you're not going anywhere, that you realize that Jesus is real and the angels is real and everything the Bible talked about is real. What happens is that there's a scripture in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 3 and 4, which talks about the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the saints, of the individual, blinded your mind, a veil. If you go back up to the verse 3, it talks about a veil being placed over your face. It blinds you from the, from the gospel uh, so that you can't see the gospel. A spiritual blinder over your face. The Satan, the God of this world, the God of this world, the God of this age, if you ever see that terminology, that's for uh, considered Satan. He is the God of this world. Small g, not capital G. So what, imagine you being in a place where God isn't, where he's totally withdrawn his love. And I hear, I hear people talk about the emptiness and the loneliness that they felt when they were in jail. So imagine being in a place where God isn't, where you locked up on your, on, in a spiritual realm, you pray but your prayers are no longer heard. The thing that's so trippy the most is that you begin to fear of the unthinkable. You imagine being in a place that you could never get out of? Never? When 10,000 years have gone by, there's still another 10,000 waiting for you, and the 10,000 after that, and 10,000 after that. Your mind can't even fathom to think about what it would be like to be on the flip side of this situation, locked up 24 hours with no contact. Actually, it's, even, it's actually a little worse than that. I'm just giving you this part here where you're just alone, where you can't even, uh, if the people in jail felt, felt alone, felt like they were going to go crazy, imagine being in a place where you could no longer, no, no one was there for you. There was no love is there. It's only hate. Uh, not only that, but the enemy is there. Satan is there. Now, you chose to go to this place. God didn't appoint you to go there, but it's a choice because you're a free will character. You're a free will being, so you have a choice of what, how you want to live uh, and what you want to do. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible that says in uh, St. John 14:1, let not your heart be troubled. It says believe in God. It says believe also in me. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you so. But I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'm coming back. Now, 
how come we wouldn't believe a God that said that he's going to go? And this is what the Christians rely on. We rely on the fact is that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to relieve us from this craziness of this world. As a matter of fact, people right now are praying, Lord, rescue me. Get me out of here. There, there, there's prayers going up concerning that right now. And let's, let's just put all your problems aside at the moment. And just Let's just focus on, on this thing. Don't give up. Now, I got a friend of mine. A friend of mine just contacted me that I placed something on Facebook. And so she calls me back. She hits me back. As a matter of fact, it was a girl who went to high school. I didn't, I didn't know her there. And she told me that she had been with the church for 30 years, raised in the church. And after 30 years, she decided to, to walk away. And so we've, been, so we've been talking. We have been talking in intense conversation about I'm trying to figure out why she is, you know, what made you walk away? What made you turn your back? As a matter of fact, we have a person that's in our people in our, our Tuesday night Bible study. And they talk about the people of the congregations or are getting light and thin. Where are the people? What's happening to the people? Are they giving up? Are things so hard right now that your kids can't hang anymore? And so you give up. You give up and so you turn and you go by your own go by your own devices. You go your own way. You go to your own way of thinking. And before talking while talking to this person, every now and then they, I'd see a soft side of them, and I tell them, I say, something just happened to you because you kind of you're a little softer in your approach right now, and so something is something that's going on in, in your spirit or whatever. And so she says to me the other day, one day she says, I have silent night on my heart. I can't get this song out of my head. And I say, Lord, <laughs> do your thing. Get it, Lord. Get him. I said, well, you know what you need to do? You need to, uh, you need to sing that song by yourself. Just get by yourself and start singing that song. See, the, the Bible is full, of, is full of these scriptures and these promises. It's, it's more than just one place, but they're in several places. You know, in Matthew uh, 24, 25, it says, hey, hey, Jesus said, I've already told you ahead of time what's going to happen. I've already warned you what's going to take place. So there's no way that you're going to be able to say, I didn't know, because you're going to know. You're going to know without a shadow of a doubt. What happens is that once Jesus returns and people see him in the air, everybody who was an unbeliever and an atheist are no longer going to be an atheist or unbeliever. Because it's going to be then that that veil that was placed over the eyes is going to be lifted. Immediately when they see him, they immediately are going to know, oh, my God. I've blown it. I want to try to avoid you from uh, being in that position. Don't give up. See, the things that we're going through, people have already gone through before. Uh, the, the Bible talks about these witnesses that have already taken, things have already taken place all, all, already in the past, you know. And so they are our examples as we read. So can you imagine, no, you know, Noah's out there building his ark. People come by and say, well, Noah, what you doing? What's that? Noah telling him, you know, it's a, it's an ark. It's just gonna, it's gonna flood. They say, right. Going about their business. He was laughing, tripping off Noah, calling him a crazy man. He he just kept on building. I'm telling you, keep on building. 
Keep on building your ark. Hey, it's coming. The flood is coming. All right. 120 years later, it took 120 years or so, I believe the Bible talks about, Noah built his ark. You imagine all of so the people just of the land just continued to go ahead and do what they was doing. And we're going to see that in just a minute. They just continued to go ahead and marry and, and have their drinks and party and go on about their business and do it and do their thing and, you know, do Janet Jackson. And They continue to do their thing. But one day, one day, the Lord uh, said, Noah. And so the thing about the animals that Noah didn't go out and capture these animals. The Lord sent them animals to the, sent them to the ark, male and female. But one day, Noah was finished. Now, you know, I've I read some places that they think that maybe uh, Noah and them might have had some supernatural help out of heaven to help build this, this big 450-foot uh, Yacht, but one day the Lord told him, Go inside, take all the animals inside, give them everything they need, got everything they need. Now it's your turn. So it's you, Noah, your wife, your three sons, and your three wives, and their wives, and you go into the you go and go into the ark. Once everybody, every all the animals, and they were in the ark, the Lord shut the door. Noah didn't shut the door, the Lord shut the door. And they sat there for seven days. Seven days. That number seven. Seven That number seven. Number three. You know, Jesus is gone for three days to come back. And number seven. But one day the water broke forth. And the people come running. Nothing like the TV show. <laughs> Where they're throwing anchors up on the side of the heart, climbing up the side. No. That didn't happen. Cause I got to see Noah up there taking the, taking the anchor and throwing it over. That did not happen like the TV show. That's what just burns me up. And it was just Noah and his animals. That was all those on that ark. Wasn't nobody climbing up and all of a sudden they all got on like the TV show. No. No. You, when you see that, turn it off. It did not happen. So that's the flip side. And so... Jesus talks about the fact is that he's going he's he's to come back and he's going to get us. It tells us exactly how he's going to come back. It tells us exactly what, is, what he's going to do. Right? Exactly. And so Christians are waiting for him to come back because one day he's going he's to come back. And there's all kinds of verses uh, because he's already pre-warned us about what's taking place. As a matter of fact, there's so many things that we see right now. You, you know, Jesus, when, he, when the disciples asked him, Lord, What's going to be the signs of your coming? Well, he said, you know, first thing, one of the things he says, you know, it's going to be earthquakes in diverse places, diverse in various places. We, hey, we see them all happen all over the world. I remember some years back, and I'm back east, man, and I guess they, you know, they don't get them back east, but they got a big one back there. Some years back, man, and I'm, I'm talking about, it, you know, it shook them. We, we see that, that's one of the signs, of, you know. The, the love of most will grow cold. We, we've seen this. This cold hatred that's, that's taking place that's coming from people. Hey, don't buy this stuff. You got you got somewhere to go. You ain't got time to be dealing with this mess. Hey, don't be getting caught up. Don't be getting caught up in a bunch of mess right now. You ain't got time. You got things you got to do, right? You know, the enemy trying to take you out of here. The enemy don't love you. 
He don't love you. He's trying to do all he can, but God got his little hedge of protection around you. And he can only do so much. Right? I like the scripture. The scripture says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you guys heard that before? And then it goes on to say, God, For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so he that believeth on him is not condemned. But it says, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God. So you're already in trouble if, if you don't believe. See to it, it says in Hebrews 12, 25, that you do not refuse him who speaks. I'm speaking to you today. Don't refuse me. If they did not escape when they uh, were warned from them on earth, well, then how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Consider yourself warned. Hey, he's coming back. Hey, I don't, hey, whatever, whatever the situation, whatever you're going through, hey, it's cool. Because one day, you know something, uh, I plan to see Fred Small again. And Cleola Small and Ola B. McLean and Sister McMichael. Hey, a bunch of relatives, my I'm looking forward to hooking up with them, seeing them again. Could you imagine, I get a chance to go kick it with Noah. Noah, you know, what's up? What's up, Mosey Mo? <laughs> Big Abe, what's up? Is that, is that Sarah? Oh. <laughs> David, is that you? <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh. Hey, it's worth it's worth hanging. It's hard, you know. It, it gets it gets hard. It ain't easy. Yeah, this 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 race this race ain't easy. I, you get tired, you know. But the Lord wants us to trust in Him. And and so while getting back to my friend, um, and I asked him one day, you know, why why are you mad with the Lord? She says, I'm I'm mad because. Um, Okay, go on. Well, I'm I'm mad because um, uh, God is mean. That's what you told me. God is man. God wouldn't let these certain things be happening to. He he's mean. You know. So I, I and and the thing. Let me let me tell you something else about people these days. When you're talking to them, when you're talking to them these days, they don't. You know, a lot of times they want to try to separate the Bible from your conversation. Why do you want to bring the Bible up into it? Well, because you asked this question, so I need the Bible to confirm by why we're talking about what we're talking about. So I'm bringing the Bible into the situation. Don't let them do that. The Bible is your reference. This, this is what we're talking. This is what we're, this is what we're talking about. You have to use. Uh, you have to use the Bible. Well, you know, you can, you can sit back a minute and let them talk. You know. But she says God means. So I sent to the scripture about you know uh, the fact is uh, God tells us that His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and as and high as the heavens are from the earth, his, his ways and our ways, and, and whatever comes out of his mouth does not return to him void, but takes on and does exactly what it is, is meant to do. He means what he says. So, if, once again, I, I told you this analogy before, but if somebody's from the mafia, and you know this family, they crime family, and they come up to you and they say, there's a hit out on your life, are, are you going to believe that? 
Well, most likely, too, because you you got a little history on this family. You know they serious and they mean business. So you're gonna be, so do you believe that more than you believe what God's going to say? Now, I know that God, um, he does things in his own way in his own time. He, he, he just does. Now, some people might tell you, you know something, I don't believe there's a God because I can't see him. And so I said, that, uh, when I was talking to the person, uh, I was telling him, well, you can't see the wind either. But does that mean they're not there? Right? You can't, you can't see the wind. You might be able to feel it, but you, but you can't, you know, basically you can't, you can't see it. You, you see this results. But God, see, the reason you can't see God is this. You know, he was pleased with what Moses had done, right? So he asked Moses, you know, hey, hey, what can I do for you, Moses? What would you like? Right? Moses said to him, he said, well, Lord, you know, I'd like to see your glory. I'd like to see your presence. You know, i like to, I want to check you out, right? The Lord says, no man can see my face and live. He is so holy. We, we, we can't even, we can't even fathom that we can't even be in this body. We can't be. We can't be in his presence, not his pure form. He, in order to be in his, in his pure form, he's, he's, he's got to tone it down. You're right. He's got to tone it down a little bit. He, he put himself into a, to a body or put himself in, in, into, uh, uh, so that, you, you know, so that this body can, you know, can see him and have a little conversation. You know, God is so cold to you. He'll come to you in your dreams and have a conversation with you. And we know this because it, it happened to Solomon. And I don't know why he came to Solomon in the dream, but maybe here again, this is just to show us all these hundreds of years later that God's got more ways to communicate with you than, you know, just, just this verbal Bible or whatever. But sometimes he may come to you in the dream. He may show you things. He came to Solomon. He asked so Solomon, you know, what can I, you know, Solomon, I'm, you know, what can I do for you? And so Solomon said, uh, he told him, told him what he wanted. God says, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you asked for that. He said, because you asked for that, and then you asked me to destroy your enemies and all that, he said, I'm going to not only give you that, but I'm going to give you some more. And I'm going to give you those things which you didn't ask for. And so I'm looking for those things that God didn't, Lord, I, you know, I asked you for some of these things there, but I'm, actually, but I'm kind of looking for them things that I didn't ask for too. I don't know what they are, but they, uh, hey. <laughs> I'm looking for, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, you know, while I'm walking on this earth, you know, I'm, uh, I, there's some things I want to do, some places I want to, you know, uh, get debt free, everything. You know what I'm saying? Lord, help, big, big blessing. Lord, I've got, got the church here on my on my list now for, you know, financial blessing. Lord, bless the church. we got some things we need to do here, Lord. And so we need we need a little extra, little extra cash, and, and, you know, so hook us up, you know. Hook, hook us up, hook us up. This veil. You don't want a, a veil of unbelief over your eyes. And when we all know somebody uh, uh, that we argue, that we talk to. Um, as a matter of fact, I talked to I, I got one of my best friends as Jehovah Witness. We battled for 20-some years on the job. We battled for, for so many so many years. As a matter of fact, Jehovah Witnesses are, are, are so far ahead in, in, in their thinking. and They know what you know better than what you know. Oh, yeah, they not only know what they know, but they know they know this this organization knows, they know that organization over there. This friend of mine used to run circles around us. So much so I used to used to get headaches. Pounding headaches. As a matter of fact, one one, one year, man, I was so so fed up, I, I didn't open my Bible for a whole year. 
but it caused me to study. You know, it caused me to go find out some information. And, and, but yet, when that's all said, that me and him still cracking jokes, and still, still, still today, still one of my best, best friends ever. Because we had a chance to separate, you know, our friendship from maybe you, you know, we didn't agree, you know, we didn't, we didn't agree on all points or whatever, you know. So I've been, you know, I've been throwing these little points out. I mean, I threw the scripture up here about, uh, you know, they have kind of a little different thinking about, you know, when Jesus comes back, they figure that, hey, when Jesus comes back, the 144,000 going to gather, and they're going to be the ones go to heaven, and that they're going to be down here on the earth, and this is where they're going to be, and so, um, but anyway, I, you know, I, I, I ask him things to shoot some, you know, just to shoot, just see where he's thinking in. You know, the, the boy's a genius. He, he, he's smart as all get out. He just, he just caught up in this religion. And I'm going to share something with you. So his, his mother just passed recently, and one of the reasons, she was up in age, but one of the reasons she passed, you know, they got this thing where they don't receive blood. No, no blood. So uh, she decided that was going to need. She needed a transfusion in order to for her to live, but she decided not to. So she, she's, you know, she passed away, and you know, kind of caused a conflict in the family with his brother, who's a Seventh Day Adventist. And here again, I, I believe it. You know, I didn't want to offend him, and, but he knows he knows this question on my on my mind about well, I don't believe that that scripture talked about blood transfusion. I'm thinking this, the scripture talked about was about eating blood. Back back in Noah's time, you know, eating an animal with blood already in it has nothing to do with uh, blood transfusion. But anyway, every now and then, I you know, I just throw stuff out there just to see, you know, just see what the response is going to be. You know, when we, you know, when we talk to people, uh, you know, we got to be, you know, willing, to, you know, to have a have a little dialogue to see see what people are, see what people are, see what's going on, and you know, the, it, it broadens it broadens your thinking, broadens you from where you are. Some of these promises now. I got a whole other page of just scriptures and things that, the, you, you know, talk about who God is. Him being the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. From, he lives from, from everlasting to everlasting. And, and, and my dad used to say, you know, God is a spirit who always was and always will be. That's for a small. That's for a small quote. And, and today I just, I just, I just want to encourage you, hey, Probably when you walk out here out, out them doors today, things gonna probably get crazy. But I hope that you you know you you got something from this message today about not giving up. And you don't have to argue and fight with everybody. Sometimes you know just 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 sit back and listen. When people say things, you don't always have to respond. You know, some sometimes you gotta let things just come go on past. You know, if you let it go on past, then you know it's a lot of times it stops the argument right there. So it stops right. Buck stops right here, stops right here, you know what I mean? And so, but, but, it, but it's wisdom, you know what I mean? The Bible talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom, the fear and the respect of the Lord. So if you got the fear and the respect of the Lord, then, you know, then you're going to start getting some wisdom. You, then you're going to learn eventually how to deal with some things a little bit differently than you used to deal with. I'm not, I'm not by no means perfect at this. It's just a little few little tidbits I picked up along the way. You know, when I drove bus for many, many years, you're dealing with the public, you got to come with all kinds of scenarios. All kinds of things get thrown at you. And so you got to, you know, you got to problem solve and, you know, you got to figure out what, how I'm going to deal with this. But, you know, when there was one time where I had to grab a guy by the neck and drag him down the highway, I could have got in trouble, but I didn't. But, um, <laughs> so what are they going to do now? Fire me? Let me end up with this, uh, let me end up with this, um, how I first, one of the first scriptures that I, I 
and where it is is it's found in Matthew 24:36, and uh, it starts by saying, "But about that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father." As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days of the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. 120 years now. They say, oh, he ain't coming. No, that ain't going to happen. He crazy. He tripping. That's how it's going to be at the coming of the Son of Man. The Bible talks about two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. It talks about two men and women will be grinding with the hand mill. One will be taken and one will be left. The Bible says, therefore, keep watch. Keep looking. Look at these signs. You know, my mother used to say, uh, if you see people fighting, don't just go run to that fight. So I'm really reluctant about people fighting. I'm going to run over there to that fight. A bullet has no name on it. I mean, you know, so that's some, that's some clear wisdom. Then I'll always step me. Don't, don't be just going over there running over there. You never know what's going to take place. Two women will be grinding at the hand mill. One will be taken. One will be left. Therefore, keep watch because, you know, not the day or the time. Uh, when the Lord will come. But understand this. Now listen closely. If the owner of the house had known at what time the time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man is going to come in an hour when you do not expect him. And I'm, I'm sure you've all heard of the phrase, a thief in the night. Well, thief don't tell you when he's coming. <laughs> Knock on the door. Hello, I'm here. I'm here to take your stuff. You know, they always come with the element of surprise. You know, home invasions, kick the door in. You know, and while I was thinking about this thing too, it, it made me think about when Jesus comes back and he calls when he makes this call. What if the airplane pilot is a Christian and the Lord calls him out? I don't believe that Lord is going to be worried about, you know, well, I'm going to let you land the plane first, and then I'll call you. No. You might be driving your car down the highway, 80, 90 miles an hour, in a 65-mile-hour zone, Rhonda. And <laughs> just playing, just playing. Where's my girl at? She, here she is. She in the mood. Oh. Lord calls you, you out of here. Now, have you ever noticed why your body stays here on earth? Because uh, if you look up in the uh, 1 Corinthians 15 chapter, it, it, it tells you that flesh and blood cannot enter into heaven. It can't enter into heaven. So that's why, that's why the body stays here on earth. As in Christians, you got a new body already in heaven. If you look at 1 Corinthians 5, or 2, 2 Corinthians 5, one right in there is, talks about you having a, a new tent. You, so you got, you got a building to tell now. This, this building and this tent that you have, see, back in the day they had tents, so they called it a tent. But this new house you're going to get, this new body you're going to take, it's going to live for all eternity. Forever, forever, no time limit. 
ain't going to be no clots. It's called for all eternity. You're going to be in this new body. This new body is going to be able to stand in front of Jesus and his father. It's, it's going to be a different. It's going to be a different body. I don't. I don't know. If we're going to have be able to have wings, you know, fly from here to there. My, my sister said we're going to eat. We're going to have. We're going to have a buffet. It's going to be off the hook. That's one of the first things she said. I'm, 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 we're going to eat. Imagine what kind of heavenly shrimp we're going to have up there. Big old, big old shrimp. Uh, you know, <laughs> big shrimp, big gumbo. Anyway, God bless you. Don't give up. Don't get locked up for 24 hours. If you get locked up for 24 hours, make sure you're you're in heaven. That's okay. I don't mind being locked up in heaven for 24 hours. For 24 hours a day for all eternity. God bless you. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. That's a powerful message that we need to remember. I will say this as we conclude. When people don't have contact with each other, they can lose their mind. When people don't have contact with the body of Christ, you suffer spiritually. You can die on the vine. Today, God, we thank you for the word of God. We acknowledge the word today. And we thank you today that you have given us truth We really are a blessed people. There are people following a lot of different things. God, you have graced us with your presence and with truth. So may we embrace your truth fully. We thank you for the word of God. We honor you for who you are and give glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen.